Hey everybody, before the episode starts, I just want to say, in the next episode, we are going to be watching Makio, When the Promised Flower Blooms. Really great anime film. We forgot to mention in the episode. Uh, but uh, without further ado, let's get into this. to the We Hate Anime Podcast, the only anime podcast that uh, has over 500 subscribers. That's probably true on YouTube. Uh, I'm your host, English Mike. Joining me, as always, is the illustrious The Mothman. Oh. I I didn't say lustful, Mothman. I said illustrious. I mean, just, you, you shine. Just, just move some letters around. It's fine. Please don't moan. Please don't moan. This is not an ASMR podcast where you're allowed to arouse our audience. Uh, you you can do that on your own time, sir. No, we're doing a POV now. I'm Fernando, and you're listening inside the sauna. Oh. Wait, wait. P- POV, is, POV is point of view. What are you talking about? It's, it's a POV ASMR. You're locked in a sauna, and I'm moaning into the grates while you're, like, stuck in there. Uh, unfortunately, everybody, uh, Frog King is not here today. However... Oh, however, 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 Mike, I, I, you said you were going. You said you were going. Motherfucker, you said you were going to explain why Frog is here. It's rude to not introduce our last guest, Mike. Why don't you introduce our last guest before I say why Frog's not here? Replacing the saddest boy in the universe is uh, Itsumo Listless on YouTube. And uh, do you want do you want us to call you Itsumo, or do you want us to call you by your name? You can just call me Kev. Yeah, like, I I kind of just uh, think of Itsumo as the name of the channel. Okay. <laughs> we we got Kev joining us today. A really good anime boy, and y'all should check him out. Uh, yep. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> I was I was trying super hard not to laugh at the whole ASMR bit right now. <laughs> um, I was it's, trying to give you guys okay. the proper hey, intro. You can feel free. The, the first time we had our friend Nicole on, uh, she told Moth to shut the fuck up before we even said her name. Yikes! <laughs> uh, she also had like a mental breakdown halfway through the episode because of me. What episode is that? I mean, to be fair, I do too. Yeah. So the reason... That that was our red line episode. Oh, that was so good. Fucking awesome episode. Uh, Yeah, the one where my computer died halfway through and we all thought it was going to be over. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to go pick that one after. Yeah. So uh, as far as that goes, the reason Frog's not here, he used pretty much the same excuse I want to say I used like six weeks ago where he was just like, man, I've been on this podcast for a year and a half now. I've never missed an episode. Like, I I think I'm just going to... I'm going to be Frog. And you know what? That's fine. Like, we do this for free every other week. I do it every week. Uh, it's fine. Like, just go be frog. And uh, if, if you want to, like, uh, check him out on, on uh, the Twitter, maybe send him a little bit of love, you can. Uh, he is, is the least contentious Twitter of the three of what us. What are you talking about? I don't consider Moth. I don't consider your Twitter existing. All you do is scream into the void. I know. It's great. <laughs> I just like what what do you mean? Like all I do is just post memes and like occasionally yell. I don't I don't think like writing a paragraph of of non sequitur is a meme. I don't that that's not even a joke. It's just you like rambling to an audience of no one. Wait, wait, like, so like, you, you didn't <laughs> find the Mulan meme funny? 
I uh, I probably if I saw it, I probably blanked that out of my mind. That's fun. That's fair. <laughs> can you uh, uh, can you explain the um like what was that comment or that that tweet that you posted? It was like if I was in California, and none of this, or when the fire started, or oh, something. Oh, I I was making fun <laughs> of uh, who is it? Gosh, he did that nine eleven quote. I, his name just totally skipped my mind right now. Uh, if I was like, there's a there's a famous celebrity. Why can't I remember his name? Who is famous for saying, "If my kids were on that plane when nine eleven happened, it would not have gone down that way. There would have been blood in that cockpit." Ah, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if, if I had been there, things would have been different. Yeah, that's why I said that California tweet is because it's like if I, yeah, the, the, I thought everybody could tell that. Uh, I mean, I I just wasn't familiar with uh, with that celebrity or with that reference in general. Um, oh. Hey, if, but if I, I had been in California at the time those fires would have started, I would have canceled gender before it could be revealed, thus canceling the entire event. Oh God! <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it was Mark Wahlberg. There we go. <laughs> I'm like trying to quietly type on my computer here because I can't remember his name. Like it's, it's something famous. I, he was in No Pain No Gain, which, mm-hmm. by the way, No Pain No Gain. Why is No Pain No Gain the Mark Wahlberg movie that pops into your head? Why what isn't the it the Mark Wahlberg movie that pops into my head? Because I, I mean, I was literally about to make a signs reference. No, No Pain No Gain, and you know no, what? Not signs. Fuck happening. The happening. That's not a Mar- signs. Is a Mark Wahlberg. Same director though. No, no, but like No Pain No Gain. That is like the ultimate himbo movie. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not surprised. It's it, you know it. I'm surprised that when you think of Marky Mark, the first movie that pops <laughs> in your head is the fucking <laughs> the weird uh, robbery one that he did. Yeah, but like he's in it. The Rock's in it. Uh, the guy from The Boys is in it. Like, I, I was literally about to go, uh, fucking, wait, are you saying that if you were there on 9-11, you would have prevented it from happening? What? No. But, but now I can't, I can, I can reference I was gonna make that joke. Yeah. Uh, that's a happening, that, that, that's a happening reference if you don't, if you don't catch it. And that's fine if you don't get it. A bad movie. But, No I mean, Pain, No Gain is a great movie. It's a movie that no one even knows exists. Yeah, because nobody appreciates the classics. Like nobody... how can it be? A, how can it be a classic? It's from like three or four years ago. It's no, it was more than that. I was still in Utah at the time. It's from I, 2013. I, it is, it's yeah. not that old. Yeah, okay, it's from 2013. That's a classic. <laughs> the only reason it didn't win is because it got shut out by Braveheart at the Oscars. I my brain is shutting down. Braveheart gets nominated every year for an Oscar because it's the single best film ever made. <sighs> So we talked about Moth doing his little travely trues. Why don't you why don't you regale us with with, with more adventurous tales of your traveling? Alright, so for everybody who doesn't know, if you don't know at this point or if you're just tuning in, uh, I live in Alaska and I work at a job where if there is a medical facility in the state, I sometimes have to go work on stuff there. Uh, I can't go into exact details, but I traveled to all sorts of wonderful places. Honestly, Petersburg is my favorite because Petersburg is just a bunch of Scandinavian people with a pizza parlor and a Mexican burrito shop, and that's the entire town. Just all the all the uh, what are those things called where you put them on top of sewers? Like they're the the things that go on top of sewer holes. Manhole. Yeah, yeah, manhole covers. <laughs> all the manhole covers are depictions of Scandinavian gods, so you know that must have cost a small fortune. 
Like, so all the pothole covers are Scandinavian gods. And every, yeah, yeah. And every year, dude, we're so Russian, (laughs) it's not even funny. Like, you know, Alaska used to be a Russian province, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, if you drive to Homer, uh, which is very, very southwest, it's about as far southwest as you can go if you follow one highway, Mm -hmm. and you just drive into the woods, you pretty much enter Russia. Nobody there speaks English. Uh, all the men look angry and soulless. All the women have their heads turned down, are wearing like dresses with the little hats on. And it's just, you're in the middle of the woods and you feel like you actually went into one of those weird, uh, like Bible Belt, uh, communal children of the corn towns, except it's Russian. Whoa. Like, so yeah, it, it, I, like, I, I just don't think of, uh, uh, Velasca as part of Scandinavia, but yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so like they, they have a festival every year that sells out like months in advance where they just have like a huge week where they just celebrate Scandinavian culture. And Wait, you, this is why you like Midsommar so much. You literally live it. Yeah. Uh, actually Midsommar is probably one of my favorite horror movies. I love it so much. And my, my, I, I'm my not, wife I'm not and surprised I, like, whenever you literally live that horror. Like it's not even horror to you. You're just like uh, you watch that. Like you when you when you watch that, you literally came to us like, man, it's just a happy family adventure. Yeah, it was so comfortable. Seen that family. That that is such a comfortable film for me to watch. It's like, man, it's just great. It's cozy. Everyone's happy at the end. It's great. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I have to go to one of the places I have to go to is Dillingham, and it's not quite the most remote place. Like I have gone out to Chicknick Bay. But it's pretty damn remote. And one of the things that happens there is uh, Alaska Airlines recently took over for the original flight route. And so this this is a small town. The entire airport is maybe 700 square feet, not counting the loading area. Like, it's not a very big airport. And I discovered while I was there, I was kind of like looking around. Alaska Airlines took over the flight, which means if you fly in, you enter the main hub and you've already gone through TSA. So if I want to go from like Dillingham to Seattle, I don't have to go through TSA and come back anymore because through Alaska Airlines. But they haven't quite updated the security yet. So I was thinking to myself, and not that I would ever do this. Like I, I need to p- clarify right now. <laughs> this is purely <laughs> hypothetical. I was, a, I could commit a crime. I'm I could commit to, so many this, crimes you, out of <laughs> Dillingham. Like right now, you're you're literally <laughs> like you've written your book. Of like, uh, if I had if I had committed the crime, this is how I would. Yeah, it. like absolutely, I could smuggle so much stuff uh, across the border, like from Dillingham to Anchorage to leave, and like the and Anchorage is an international airport. Like once I'm in Anchorage, I can get anywhere I need to be. And so, like you could smuggle so much ivory and completely tax free, just like straight <laughs> through this airport. <laughs> Smuggle wise, I okay. Is this like an Alaska thing? Do you have a lot of ivory up in Alaska, dude? We kill whales like almost as much as the Japanese, except it's not frowned upon because it's a cultural thing and we won the war. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I'm out here. By the way, I don't know, Mike, did I ever tell you about the energy drink index? I do, I don't know what that is. Okay, so wherever I go in the United States, I kind of Try to figure out how much it costs to buy a can of Monster. Because Monster's pretty universal. I'm pretty sure you can get a can of Monster for like a buck ninety nine where you live. I can get it for about a dollar, actually. You whore. Uh, if I get it on <laughs> sale at Walmart, it's a buck seventy eight for me. So, uh, uh, I mean, Arkansas is a lot fatter than most other places. Yeah, so for a dollar seventy eight, I can get a Monster. Uh, guess how much a Monster is in Dillingham? A uh, dollar fifty. I got it on sale. And it was four ninety nine. No way! Jesus Christ! It's normally six and a half bucks. Yep. Oh, that's but. gross. 
Yeah, I bought two energy drinks and wasted almost half my per diem. Yeah, I don't I don't really drink monsters anymore, but I remember I would always just get the like I guess it would have like two for five. So I don't yeah, really yeah, know exactly. what, what that was. Yeah. No, no, that's two fifty each. Like that's uh, here in Alaska we get that that's pretty common. Like sometimes we get lucky. Like if you want to do Rockstar, which God forgive you if you try to drink original Rockstar. Uh if you want to get Rockstar, it's like two for 333 sometimes that's the cheapest you can get it um but yeah so i'm in uh i'm in dillingham and it's there's no cell phone service and it's actually it was the first time i really had a good experience in dillingham because usually i show up in the winter when it's pitch black and everybody's miserable but like winter hadn't happened yet and to give you an idea how small this is the population is about 2,000 people and when your population gets that small uh, you start losing commodities. There's like two grocery stores in the entire town. Uh, and by the way, the town is about 100 square miles left to right. So 2,000 people across 100 square miles. It's pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two like grocery stores. There's not a lot of eateries. There's really like three food trucks. Um, there's not a lot of places to choose to eat from because it's a small area. Milk's $8 a gallon. Oh. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, That's offensive. Yeah, what's funny is uh, uh, what's it called? That 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 the stuff the the store bought uh, General Mills is that the cereal like the the crappy cereal that's just rip off cocoa puffs? Is yeah, it, I think so. Uh, yeah. yeah, like like the General Mills, it's still three bucks, but the gallon is eight. So you you have to make some decisions right there. And by the way, that <laughs> yeah. milk expires within a week every time. So you got to chug a gallon as fast as you can. Uh, one of the employees at the restaurant told me the only reason she works at that restaurant is because she just steals milk in a thermos every day. Wow. That's fucked up, dude. You, you live in like the first world equivalent of a third world country. Yeah, it's, it's, and I mean, Dillingham's, it's got some of the nicest people I've ever met, but like, it is just so apocalyptic. It's not even funny. Uh, there's no cell phone reception there. And the internet, if you want internet, you have to go to the hospital. And you have to, like, sit in the parking lot at the hospital. And you have to, like, go and be like, I have a stomach ache. Can I have the Wi-Fi password? And then they never change the Wi-Fi password. They haven't changed it in six years. And you just sit <laughs> right outside the ER entrance on your phone to, like, check up on people. Because uh, GCI up here in Alaska is legally required to provide high-speed internet to any emergency service. This, so, I mean, so at least there's that. Mm-hmm. So this 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 is a story, uh, or a story such as this is the reason why I had to ask Mike if you know you were playing up a character when uh, listening, because uh, your stories are so unbelievable. A lot of the times, I'm I'm left wondering, but God no. damn, dude, you have such an interesting life. Yeah, no. <laughs> if if I I it's part of a, an issue with myself. Like I actively seek out the worst possible things that can happen to me because they always make good stories. I can see that. Like, uh, did I ever tell the story of when I did, like, the dishes at a drug dealer's house? No. I haven't heard it. I just heard Mike's, like, heavy sigh in the background. (laughs) Mike, have you heard that story? I I grew up in meth meth houses, and yet that is still weird to me, what you just said. Well, like, okay, alright, alright, slight tangent. It'll take two minutes. My buddy, when I lived in Idaho, uh, because Boise, Idaho is a huge meth central. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I'm in Boise, Idaho with my buddy, and he goes to his drug dealer's house, and I'm like a good Mormon boy preparing for my mission, and I like I, I you know I got an open mind, but I'm not going to do drugs. So he takes me over to his drug dealer's house, and he's like, "Hey, man, you know he's not a narc, but he's not going to do any weed." And the guy's like, "Cool, well, we'll keep him out of this room so that he doesn't see us smoking weed, so he's got like whatever. I don't know. They're just being stupid, like stoners are." 
And uh, so I'm in this house, and I'm in the living room and the the kitchen, because one of those small houses. And his kid's, like, sitting there just eating pounds of fruit roll-ups. Like, he's got this little, like, four-year-old sitting on the floor in a diaper, just, like, eating fruit roll-ups, like, without even taking the wrappers off. He's just eating the paper and the fruit roll-ups. And I, like, look over, and the sink is just piled with dishes. And he's got, like, a sponge, and he's got, like, he's got a sponge, and he's got some dish soap. And then, like, the garbage is overflowing with Chinese takeout. So, like, I've, I've never been a cleanly person, but, like, that broke me a little. And so, I think I spent the next 45 minutes just doing this dude's dishes. And they come out after, like, they smoked weed for 45 minutes. And they look at me and, like, I'm just finishing up the last of their dishes. Because that's how many there were. <laughs> and the dealer, like, looks at my boy. He's like, yeah, he's all right. And goes back into his room. <laughs> 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 yeah, your buddy over here. He's a he's a good guy. I like him. He doesn't he doesn't even say thanks. He just said, "Yeah, okay." Yeah, he's all right. He just like leaves. So, uh, yeah. So back back to back to Dillingham. So you're in the middle of nowhere. And while I was there, one of my like rituals is I can't stay at a hotel that doesn't have Cartoon Network. And so, like, I've paid up to $100 extra a night. And it doesn't matter because my parent company reimburses me. But uh, I've paid, like, an extra $100 a night to stay in a hotel as long as I got Cartoon Network. And uh, I was watching Cartoon Network, and I just... I made you guys watch this commercial. It's only 15 seconds long. But I watched what I believe to be the single most dystopic commercial of my life. And, I I mean, Mike, do you want to tell it from your perspective? Okay, so... Uh, there was once a, uh, uh, a man known only as Charles Entertainment Cheese. Um, or this, this Chuck E. Man- Cheese. This man, this, this absolute creature went out of business, uh, like, like a year ago or two years ago. But he's back. And, and but he's back, baby. He's back. And, and how does he come back? He comes back by flipping on a switch and showing all the children uh, piling into a death museum as they wear COVID masks and <laughs> happily play around to, like, bright, happy music as if they aren't catching a disease that's going to kill them. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, Kev, you, you saw this commercial, right? I mean, yeah, I, No, yeah, I watched it. I was, I was with my girlfriend, and I was like, here, you have to watch this with me. <laughs> and you guys see, like, how horrifying this commercial looks, right? Like... Chuck E. Cheese is already a messed up place without this commercial. And I'm watching this commercial. I'm just like, what is wrong here? And it's they, like, the, Mike, can you link, can you link it in the uh, episode description just so people can see how horrifying this commercial is? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, the the Morgan, switch I, that he flicks is, isn't it like labeled fun or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so what happens is they're like, we're flipping the lights back on at Chuck E. Cheese. If you just, if you just like, like you, I watch it like I, I actually did without just, sound. Just mute it, and if you want sound, just put on like music that World War Two like era documentary music in the background, <laughs> or like maybe, maybe uh, fuck with your display settings so it's in black and white, and and it, you'll get you'll get the message. Yeah, just it's, like have it's a small world after all playing it like oh god that would be twenty percent, <laughs> and it's just. 
Because it, it shows, like, these kids with these deadpan look on their faces. Like, they can't move too much because that might get COVID. And it shows them, like, playing at the machines they used to, like, rapidly slap and drool over. And they're just, like, lightly tapping the screen. And then they throw their hands up. And then they, like, they're not even shifting on the wave bikes anymore for, like, the wave bike. They're just sitting there staring at the screen with these COVID masks on. And my absolute favorite part happens in the last three seconds. It shows the prize counter... And the woman at the prize counter looks like a damn mannequin in a mask, just staring into the void, while a father, like, reaches out and headbutts his kid with a hug. And it is just the, but it is the scariest commercial I think I've ever seen in my life, because it's 100% genuine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so fucking dire. <laughs> my, my brother, up until, I want to say last year, he was actually working at, um, at Chuck E. Cheese, and he absolutely hated it for this. I mean, the same reason that anybody who works around children hates their job. And uh, <laughs> so, as so, like you sending me this commercial, and it was just I, like, oh fuck! If he was still there, like God, <laughs> I, I, it was crazy. It was like kind of glad you did. I did see that. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Um. Mm-hmm. I actually would love to not work at like Chuck E. Cheese per se, but I would love to work for a contracting company that just fixes electronics at like fun houses. So like I would fix the rat suit. I'd fix the animatronics. I'd fix the arcade cabinets. Like I would love that job. I always tell my wife, like if I didn't work where I work right now and I need another job, like I absolutely would love to be a theme park mechanic. This man just said he wants to have, he, he literally wants to be in fucking, uh, Freddy Fazbear's pizzeria. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> if nobody's looking at Chica's in the back room needing repairs, you know what's happening. Yeah. He's gonna be clapping some Chica's. Hey! Yeah. Like, let me see that spring trap jaw of yours. Oh, what that, what that spring trap do? <laughs> let me see the clap back from that spring trap. Yeah, when he, when he was working there, we would uh we my my cousin and I we would go uh, visit him and he would just hook us up with a bunch of tokens and just uh and like we I was actually trying to play a game with him and then like this little kid just comes up and he was like, "Hey, this toy is over here broken." And he was like, "Oh, we are back." And then he comes back and he's like, "Were you able to fix it?" He's like, "No." But then like they just kept coming like, "Hey, it's still broken." <laughs> just put a sign on it. Like kids will notice a sign from the screen. Jeez, even if they can't read it, like that's universal. No, I think the, there was a sign there, and it was just like they're still asking about it. Like they just didn't give a shit. No. Moth, uh, you you have like you haven't worked enough in customer service. I have if you though. Think cust- if you think customers read signs, well, no, I've got I've literally bro. gotten fired from help desk jobs. Like I I I've been I've been with my unfortunate uh, job for like seven years now. And the sheer number of times someone will just walk up to me and be like, hey, is this, can I do X, Y, or Z? And and, and meanwhile, I'm standing next to the sign that says no. No. Yeah. Uh, quick question for you, though, Kev. I'm, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you have a brother who worked at Chuck E. Cheese. I need to ask you something that I've wondered for, like, the last two years since it was brought to my attention. Sure. Go for it. Does Chuck E. Cheese recycle pizza slices? No, that's one of the first things that I asked him when I found out about it. He's like, no. It's just, um, it's just nobody knows how to cut the damn pizza. Yeah, yeah. That was every, just... every single time, I, here's the deal. Last time I went, it was shortly before they closed down. Uh, it was for my nephew's birthday party. Dude, I I'm swear, going for my birthday party this year. I, I, uh, I swear on my fucking life that they served us a pizza and like three of the slices were cold. 
I, but then again, like the pizza's like it's not, it's not even pizza. It's a cracker with tomato paste on it. That's like, I, I, I don't even know how to describe uh, Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I don't like even by the qualification of like your local uh, Chinese family that opened a place called Godfather's Pizza isn't pizza. Like Chuck E. Cheese is on a next level for pizza. Like I don't. I don't understand Chuck E. Cheese pizza. It's an anomaly. It's an SCP at this point. <laughs> and the fact that millions of people have eaten Chuck E. Cheese. Like, here's a question, Mike. What does Chuck E. Cheese pizza taste like? I ate it two years ago. I can't tell you. I can still tell you what round table pizza tastes like. And I haven't had round table in close to like 10 years. It's really fucked up that like, <laughs> like school pizza has way more of a flavor than Chuck E. Cheese pizza does. For the life of me, I have no idea. Here, Kev, you've, you've probably eaten there recently. What does Chuck E. Cheese pizza taste like? <laughs> hey, Kev, you go to Chuck E. Cheese all the time, mate. <laughs> yeah, your brother works there, right? <laughs> what, what do you have to say? Um, no, I, I couldn't tell you, man. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like, I don't yeah. know what Chuck E. Cheese pizza tastes like. Like, the, the, like, and I haven't, it's not even been that long. It's been a year, I think, since I had it. And, like, yeah. I, I'm just, I, the only thing I can remember is that it tastes, I took a, I was, I had not eaten that day. I was hungry. I'm a fat guy. I took a bite and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not that hungry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't taste like pizza to me. And yet, like, I, I can't remember what it tastes like to save my life. Uh, you, oh, wait, you know what? It tastes like, like, like dead ass. It tastes like off-brand pizza rolls, but worse. Okay, so, like, it tastes like a, a lava pocket, but not a good lava pocket. I mean, yeah, well, it, I, I wouldn't even would, go that far. I mean, I guess if you were just to... I guess compared to something realistic, it would probably just be like one of those off-brand like Stater Brothers or uh, you know like the grocery store fucking frozen pizzas that you reheat in the in the oven or the the ones that you heat up in the oven. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't even say that, man. I eat those all the time. I'm a fat. I'm a, I'm a little fat boy. I'm a little fat boy with like the propeller head thing, and I just fucking like my food. Meanwhile, oh. Chucky e, Chucky e. Cheese serves things that it like. <laughs> Like no. it, 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 in World War Two, if you had served Chuck E. Cheese pizza to 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 people in internment camps, it would be considered a war crime. God damn! Yeah, because nothing else that happened in those internment camps was a war crime. Like, <laughs> nothing that, else. That, that's that's the that's the worst thing that happened there. <laughs> yeah, they they served them Chuck E. Cheese pizza, and it wasn't even kosher. <laughs> now, I I do have a question. Uh, one more tangent, like. Do, do arcades just feel more soulless to you guys now than they did yes. 20 years ago? Yes. So, like... Uh, we don't have... We've, like, never had an arcade anywhere near me. So, in Anchorage, we used to have an arcade. And anybody who actually lives in Anchorage... Like, I'm actually going to start naming out streets and whatnot. On Northern Lights, where the REI used to be... And this is this is only for people who live in Alaska. So, it, like, I'm being very specific. No, nah, man, uh, I remember that on Balto. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, I, I can't remember what the bookstore is called, but it's called like uh, New Wave Books or like uh, Bookstorm Bookstore. It's something to do with like water. Uh, there used to be an arcade and I remember calling it the Violent Arcade when I was a kid. And uh, it was a laser tag arcade double. And my parents hated taking me there for my birthday, but I wanted to go every year on my birthday. Wait, man, can, care- can, can, wait hold on. Can, can you take another detour to explain the, the Violent yeah, okay. no, no, I will, I will, I will. I was about to say, dude, every time he just walks with there as a kid, like, there were literally just people being beaten to death. No, no Mike, well I want to hear but, like, from Moth. No, no, but, like, for, for two years, this is where I wanted to go, and I think it shut down, like, a year later. 
But uh, it was called the Violent Arcade. That's what I called it. Parents hated taking kids there, but it was the only arcade that had, like, reliable laser tag. And it was one of those laser tags that actually had animatronics that would pop out of the wall and, like, completely waste your lives. Like, it had, like, ones with machine guns that if you turn the corner at the wrong time, it would just empty your health bar. So Mm -hmm. it was was a pretty cool arcade. But uh, the reason I called it the Violent Arcade, they didn't have ticket machines. They just had arcade cabinets. I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, mid to late 90s arcade cabinets were the most violent things on the planet. Like, the whole, that whole, like, parents against pornographic video games thing that was going on, that was entirely because of these arcades. What are, what were they called? Uh, the, what do you mean? The, 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 the arcade cabinets? place? No, no, they were just, they were arcade cabinets, but they were always, like, the most violent ones, like, Streets of Rage. Um, oh, okay. There Pass were the ones, dead? like... There was ones that was like elevator action, but you could break people's necks and stuff. Like beast. Uh, I I remember finding Carnival there for the first time, and I love Carnival. That's like my third favorite shoot 'em up game. Uh, sorry, my third favorite light gun game. But no, like th- this was like a fun arcade, and I loved it. And now I go to like Dave and Buster's and whatnot, and I'm good at light gun games. Like I'm above your average Sam at light gun games because all I had on my PS2 was light gun games. And I can't win a single damn light gun game at Dave and Buster's. Those things cheat so bad. I hate. Uh, Dave I and haven't Buster's. played a light gun game in in a very long time. I don't have much of a frame of reference. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I but I, I just I wanted to go on a tangent and be like, do, do arcades just feel soulless to you guys now? Like they feel soulless to me. I could I could see I could see why you would say that. Uh, I mean, the only arcade that I, I go to is uh, it's called Round One over here. I, I don't know, if, you know, they're everywhere, but. Uh, it's. I mean, it's. It's Let's nice. See, it's it has called a good round variety. one. Yeah, round one. Arcade. Okay. Fight. Yeah. I, I just. I want to see like how uh, how many places there are here that have this because obviously we don't have it in Alaska. Yeah. Um, we have Dave and Buster's. That's it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like Dave and Buster's. <clears throat> I went to Dave and Buster's after going to round one, and I felt like Dave and Buster's was significantly worse. But this is they, the most. They this is a, the most random store placement I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, the like, uh, uh, the round one that we go to, it's it's weird. It's like in a it's in a it's in a mall. And Burbank. No, it's um. Northridge. It's, it's uh, Southern California. It's in a city called Moreno Valley. It, it's it's like on the top floor, and like you go in through like the back of the mall, generally, and uh, and I mean it's like the rest of the mall is closed after a certain time, but that one place like stays open until like two in the morning. And, it's pretty cool. Oh man, they got Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, they have a good variety, but uh, I, I, you know, I, don't, I actually don't really have anything bad to say about round one. Dude, karaoke is <laughs> like, are you seeing the prices here for karaoke? Like four to six people for fourteen dollars an hour—that ain't bad at all. I've always wanted to take my girlfriend to try it, and she's never been down. And we tried to do it one year, one year for Valentine's Day. And like the wait line was like an hour and a half, so we just didn't end up doing oh. it. You don't you don't want a Dame Damo? Dame Dano? I don't know. It's Dame Dane. Is it so Dame Dane? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh they have like a like they even have some like uh some arcade machines that are like like in uh, imported from Japan, like they're in Japanese. And uh I I think I actually got to play uh what was it I think Final Fantasy uh Theater Rhythm. Which was Okay. Uh, yeah, that was, it was pretty cool. That's uh, pretty cool. The you know the 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 I like that game that got ported to Switch, but like only the Japanese market was the one that got the bongo drums to go with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. Uh, they had it there. <laughs> um, and that one, that one was also only in in Japanese, also. 
but okay. uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 fine. Um, but I, I could see why you would say that about about uh, David Buster's. It, it also just feels like David Buster just has like significantly less compared to this. Place. Well, and it's 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 all based around the idea of I, I, I don't know I, in Utah they because they're cheap as hell. They have these things called nickel arcades, mm-hmm. and actually I think they have some of those on the East Coast because when I went to North Carolina there were a couple. Um, they're just nickel arcades and the entire purpose of them actually, no, no, I was in Oregon when I found them. And the entire purpose is you just go in and nothing costs more than like three nickels and you just drop 20 bucks and they give you $20 worth of nickels and you just play games. When you said Solus Arcade, like, uh, I kind of, that's kind of the idea that I was having in my head that it was like, oh, this is like super commercialized and I, yeah. uh, yeah, cause of nickel arcades. Nickel arcades are great, actually. They don't feel like they, they feel like a mom and pop shop where like you could tell the guy who owns the place truly loves arcades and refuses to leave that era of his life. And like, I yeah. love did those you, places. Did you ever watch a uh, high score girl? Uh, yeah, actually, I watched the first season, loved it. And then, uh, weirdly enough, that love triangle kind of ruined it for me. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't love the love triangle in the second season. Um, I liked the main girl and honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't dislike the other girl i like them both it's actually yeah. very difficult for me to say which one is better yeah i can definitely tell you which girl is probably better for the main character but if you were just ask me objectively who the best girl is i couldn't tell you uh, i i got you um i i haven't sat down to watch season two at all oh but, uh, they uh they really to... drive the love triangle forward and my problem is well, I you um, know, I watched the first, the the end of season one, and I was like, oh well, it's it left off on a cliffhanger, so I just went and looked up the the manga chapters that continue from there. And yeah. when I when when I seen that the um, you know that the cliffhanger kind of just ends like flat on his face on his face, I was like, it just kind of took all. So the the, um, the manga it, doesn't end either. Uh, I don't know. I I only I only read up to the um to see what happens like the follow up to that um to that uh to that cliffhanger and then yeah. and like i think it was actually covered in the ova right uh no they did a second season and it's pretty good oh uh, okay yeah i haven't checked it out yeah but uh in the in the second season it's it's really difficult for me because like both those girls have to absolutely be morosexuals for either of them to give that much of a shit about this useless guy <laughs> hold up you just use the term define whatever that term is morosexual it's when you're strictly attracted to idiots. It's the only reason my wife still loves me. I was about to say, like, the only reason you know that term is because you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's because, like, I, I don't even remember what I did recently, but, like, it just reminded my wife that she loves me. Oh, we were playing Among Us, and she's like, how are you so bad, and yet you keep winning these games? And I'm like, uh, I just like doing the tasks. It's like, you go off alone, and nobody kills you, and you're the reason we always win if you're not the bad guy. Like, why? And I'm like, I like pressing the buttons. <laughs> I have a feeling when you're the imposter in Among Us, you don't even bother faking any tasks. Uh, I just kind of stand in the cockpit sometimes. <laughs> I What's funny is, like, the only thing I'm smart enough to know in Among Us is, like, to kill my wife first, because she knows what I'm lying so, like, I have to sprint as fast as I can, get her alone, and just murk her as quickly as I can, because otherwise it's over for me. The problem with that, though, is that <laughs> as soon as you do it too many times, as soon as your wife is the first one dead, everyone's like, Moth. I played, I played 15 games and I was only the imposter once, so, like, I'm fine. 
Oh fuck! Among Us is so fucking fun. It is. It's it's a good version of Mafia. Um, yeah, we got way distracted. Holy crap! I'm sorry, guys. Uh, hey, Kev, that's all good. Kev, you wanted to talk about living in Blade Runner 2049. Go ahead. Oh God. Um, sh- what's it like knowing that the world is ending around you? It's it's just a trip. Just because, like, like it's um, you know, you generally like see the memes and. And, uh, and you know, like, just when you see memes in general, it's just kind of like it's a sign that we're living in. What is it? Uh, just ah, like, was it po- postmodern era? Or I don't know. I don't know. What, but I don't know what you call it, but it's a fucked up time. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually like the memes are just a way for people to kind of uh, cope with the situations that we're in. <laughs> and um, and so to hear that. You know, or to see on the internet actual memes about this whole gender reveal thing, uh, with you know something that's actually happening in my uh, in my general vicinity is is kind of a it's it's kind of so like a mindfuck. <laughs> to not date this up so too badly, we're referring to the current. Uh, well, California is always kind of on fire, but but recently. Yeah. Uh, a couple started a big fire in, as part of their gender reveal uh, for their baby, and it's it's literally burning California to the ground and like making the entire. Is that the West Coast or the East? Is this the West Coast? Isn't it? This is West Coast, and it's in uh, Southern uh, Southern California. Because uh, because there are other fires going on in California, but this is like the big one that everyone's talking about because of the connection to the gender reveal party. And, like, the smoke's so bad that it's going all the way up to Washington and into parts of Canada. Yeah, it's it's crazy because um, I don't even know where the the fire is, per se. There's but, just so much of it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, where I live, it's, like, not technically near it, but, like, the ashes are falling over here as well. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then the other day I, I drive to work and I'm, uh... As soon as I get off the car, like you can already, like you just smell like the, uh, you know, like the scent of of uh, of ash or you know or the the you know uh, just like you know you know burn shit <laughs> and uh, and even inside the building I'm like I'm in there uh, getting getting ready for the day and then I could just smell it and it's like it's fucking awful. You know, it's it's funny. I was in California once in my entire life. Uh, actually, my twice, but the other time was a fever dream. Um, I was in there in 2007. My father had a business trip, and he brought the whole family along for like a week. And it was pretty nice. Uh, but I was really into skateboarding at the time. It's like the one time in my life I was actually interested in anything athletic until I picked up bodybuilding last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything Schwazy has ever said wait, about... Wait, wait, okay. uh, uh, Patrick Swayze? No, no, Swayze. <laughs> the, uh, the artist, right? Yeah, the, the, the yeah. musician. The, the yeah, phenomenal yeah. musician. Yeah. Uh, everything Swayze or Redfoo has said about California, like, seemed to come true while I was in California. Because I was dumb, and I was skateboarding on an 8.25 skateboard, and if you're dumb enough to skate on an 8-inch skateboard, you deserve to get beat. Um, but I'm, like, skating on an eight and ha- 8.2 skateboard. And, like, everybody there is skating at the time. And this is 2007, so it's probably more believable. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's skateboarding. I can't go into an underpass without seeing a skate park. Like, it was honestly a lot of fun for that week. 
And then I, I wanted nothing more to do with it. So I don't even understand why anybody, like, stays there. Because I'm like, man, this is kind of a cool place to visit. Oh, no, no, no. I did go, like, four years ago uh, for my anniversary with my wife. We went right before Star Wars Episode Seven came out. Have I ever told that story, Mike? I, I, dude, you have so many stories, it's really hard to catalog them all in my brain. Okay, 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 maybe, uh, in case I have told the story, just real fast, uh, Kevin, happiest place on Earth, Disneyland, right, right, right? No. Okay, yeah, not at all. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I have, I have my own Disneyland story, if, if I could share it with you guys in Absolutely. a Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. please do. But I will tell you right now, nobody makes bacon like Disneyland. I don't even know why, but Disneyland has the best bacon on the planet. And I think I realize there's, because there's like no real pig mascots in Disneyland, that's why they make great bacon. Oh, okay. That's what? Like if if what? all of a sudden if all of a sudden Goofy disappeared and they started releasing really good corn dogs and hot dogs, like I totally understand. The, oh, uh, the, uh, hot dogs are not made out of dogs, Moth. Then why did they come out of China? Hey, Kev, why don't you tell us about your your Disney Disneyland? Dis- oh, no. Disneyland. I went to Disneyland at what I'm convinced is the single most perfect time to have ever gone to Disneyland and it was a week before Star Wars Episode 7 came out. Why? Because nobody knew it was going to be bad nobody knew that it was cursed there was just merchandise uh, uh, the, oh, the Space right. Mountain was Hyperspace Mountain like you got to ride all these really cool Star Wars rides and you had no idea that it was going to suck from that point onward. Yeah. And okay, so I get it. Mm-hmm. I got to relive my pod racing childhood and all the fun I had with Star Wars before being horribly disappointed. And it was perfect. It was mm, that week right before the movie came out. Disneyland was peak. It was mm, I I just I cannot emphasize how good Disneyland was for that one week. I got to buy a lightsaber. There was actually a museum where I got to see all the cool Star Wars props they stole from George Lucas's house. Like, and it was right before the Avengers IP was getting super saturated. So you went to Tomorrow World and it was Stark Industries. And you're like, oh man, this is so cool. It's not overrated yet. This is so much fun. I love this. I'm poor, so, like, I've only ever been to, like, a Six Flags and I didn't even pay for that. It was given to me as part of a thing for school. If okay, that's fair. I actually would much rather go to Six Flags any other day. Honestly, yeah, at this point, I'd rather go to Six Flags. Um, no, I, I just, like, it's it's one of those things about, like, living in California, especially in Southern California, is, you know, you're, you're driving on the road randomly and, you know, the car in front of you just happens to have, like, the annual uh, parking sticker on their on their bumper. You know, you, yeah, just yeah. See, you just see those everywhere. I don't, I don't know if, it's like that anywhere else, but I mean, just imagine just because it's California and, you know, we have Disneyland here, but uh, it's kind of like that. And uh, everyone around me uh, seems to have like this whole uh, fascination with uh, Disneyland and, you know, it being like the, uh, you know, the happiest place on earth, you know, so it, yeah. it's like, it's, it's so, um, and you know what, it, 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 if you only go there once ever, you'll actually believe it's the happiest place on earth. Okay, so I don't go often. I, I like I went last year, and it was like the first time that I had gone since I was uh, probably in middle school. But it, it's just though like this whole like 
this whole hype of you know it being the happiest place on earth everybody else uh, gets everybody pays for those annual passes that are uh, unbelievably expensive have you guys ever looked up those those prices isn't it like a grand oh. for a uh, year pass per person something, something like that um, jesus christ yeah, yeah it's it's nuts and uh if you want a pass with a fast pass b- built into it permanently that's like triple the price yeah, yeah. Just to, just to go that one day uh, last year, and it was only for one part. I think I ended up spending like like two hundred and maybe fifty dollars, um, just for my girlfriend and I. Uh, but uh, so that's uh, that's why you know people with families and people you know they'll do the whole th- the grand um fucking uh annual pass. Uh, but yeah, so like I hadn't gone since I was in middle school and my girlfriend really wanted to go. She wanted to do something different and we were like, well, we've been together for so many years and we had never done Disneyland and we live here. So yeah, we, I, I took the day and we did it in May thinking that, um, that it was like a random, random weekday in May. Uh, it wouldn't be so bad. And, um, and you know, we were there, we were there for like all day and, we only managed to get on three rides. Wait, seriously? I'm not even kidding. Dude, I got on like seven or eight. Wait, wait, when did you go? In May. Okay, yeah, that's why. I went in December. So, like, I got to probably grow on nine or ten rides my first day and then, like, nine my second. Yeah, so the I think the park, what, opens at, like, ten? Dude, I was there at 9 a.m., like, banging on the gates angrily, like, let me in, let me in. <laughs> yeah, so, so, we, <laughs> oh, and uh, my, oh, okay, okay, go ahead, sorry. Okay. No, so, so, we, like, made the plan uh, to get there early, and, and, um, and, like, right from, like, getting off the freeway, I was, I guess, already in line to get <laughs> into the park, I guess, and so, so, like, the whole idea of getting there early was already out the window, uh, this was like a want to say like maybe nine o'clock ish. Yeah, I I guess you had to show up even earlier. But I mean, fuck, it was my first time as an adult and the first time in since I was in middle school that I had gone. I wouldn't have known that. No, and- no. Here's here's the secret. This is what you do. You tell people that you have an early access pass, and you mm-hmm. just keep telling them that because there's like people who get to go into the park thirty minutes before it opens, oh, and you okay. keep telling that so you can keep cutting ahead of them in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get ahead of the line and you don't actually have the pass, but nobody's like going to be brave enough to tell you to piss off at that point. So now you're in the front of the line. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I have to, I don't, I don't mean it. The real tech is to bring a wheelchair. That's the real tech. <laughs> like you don't even have to have anybody in the wheelchair. Just bring the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> like bring one wheelchair for everybody in line. And if anybody challenges on you, it'd be like, this is for you for when I blow your back out tonight. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you're, you're the bodybuilder right so uh who's gonna who's gonna challenge you dude are you kidding me i don't I, like until i take off my shirt i don't look it i have the most hidden physique on the planet it's great nice nice it's like that guy who you know you make fun of him until he stands up and you're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the guy that uh gets stabbed and then like the knife bends like outward yeah, exactly no that's that's, that's, that's what i go superman <laughs> oh man mike you didn't see the picture i posted i finally have a bicep for the first time in my life i actually found it the other day i was like holy crap but yeah uh, you went on three rides you were already you were already like 9 a.m you were early yeah. and you were still in line long long story short we didn't get into the park until 11 and uh when i was in middle school hyper or space mountain was the one that took like 
five hours to get into at that time so we're like we're gonna go straight there before we go any uh, on any other ride and we never even got on that one like the line had Jesus already Christ. like the ride you're not the, like using the fast pass we didn't have the fast pass you don't need the fast pass. What you do is you like go up to where the line is and you say like, "Hey, I want to go to this ride." And they print you out a ticket. And they say, "Okay, be here in 3 hours." And then you come back 3 hours later and it gets you within like 20 minutes of riding. I know about that thing, but I didn't see it. Okay. Yeah. That's I don't know. Cool. Yeah, but uh yeah, so we didn't even get on that on the one that I wanted to get on and uh the other uh the the three rides that we got on was the the car one, uh the, the one that's like one? sponsored by Honda. I have no idea. It's a small world. No, no, it's not. A, it's a small world. It's a, it's a, it's like legitimately like you're in a, a car that's like it's like, and it's like looks like Honda. Like, um, no, I, I have no idea. Like, I was there four years ago, and I don't remember a Honda ride. It's it's the one where you're in a Honda Accord, and the entire ride is nothing but you destroying every Kia Soul you see with a laser. Fun fact: uh, I rent mm-hmm. a bunch of rental cars for my work. Like, whenever I have to go to the lower forty-eight. There is nothing more fun than those square body cars. Wait, and I mean, wait like, a second. Wait a second. You called the rest of America the lower 48? Yeah. I, I don't... I, I What the fuck? That, <laughs> that implies we are lesser than Canada. A, a, a state in which you get paid to live in. Yeah, and? Uh, we, we have a UBI. The government gives you $1,000 a year to survive. <sighs> Yeah, anyway. no, but, like, I've driven a Scion XB, and I'll be honest with you, like, nothing is more fun than, like, the Cubes or the XBs, like, those those box-ass cars. Okay, yes, but Cubes have really bad gas mileage, so don't get a Cube, everybody. Wait, what? Cubes have awful gas mileage. How? They're literally boxes. Like, Ex- they have a 1.8-liter <laughs> engine in them. Moth, do I have to explain to you, like, weight distribution and, like, aerodynamics? Like, yes, it's... <laughs> They have terrible gas mileage because they weigh, like, way more than they should for the engine that they have. Okay, that's fair. So, what were the other two rides? You said the Honda ride? Uh, the Honda ride, the Nemo ride, and then the Indiana Jones ride. See, honestly, I only recognize one of the three rides you mentioned. Which one? Uh, and that that would be the Indiana Jones ride. Uh, okay. And it was arguably the best one that we got on. Oh, like, the thing about those rides, though, like, even when you're standing in line, you're having fun, because, like, people are yelling at you, like, not people, but, like... <laughs> when do we get the, to the, the ride? Li- is- <laughs> right. This is the ride! <laughs> oh, no, that really is it. No, it's, uh, yeah. If you had to take a choice between Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm, would you say Knott's Berry Farm? Uh, yeah, I would go to Knott's. What the, wait, what the fuck's Knott's Berry's farm? It's this weird uh, theme park that you don't know about until you go to Disneyland and everyone's like, you should have gone to Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> the it's... people at Disneyland are like, uh, you sure you want, don't want to go to Knott's Berry Farm? Okay. Uh, here. Hey, 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 Mike, you know uh, you know the Peanuts? Uh, I, like the, Charlie, the treat Charlie Brown? Or the comic? The comic. Charlie Brown. Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, they have a theme park called uh, Knott's okay. Berry Farm. <laughs> Okay, I, yeah. I, out of all the characters to give a theme part, Peanuts is not the one I'd go to. Dude, yeah, it's uh, really well. You got to realize it was made like what nineteen sixties back when the Peanuts was like as big an IP as Garfield was in the nineties. Uh, yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up right now. But yeah, uh, Knott's Berry Farm. It um, it, it it's also like has like this whole Western vibe to it too. Like like the Peanuts section is really just the the section for the kids. And Dude, the petting zoo at Disneyland is the most depressing thing on the planet. That sounds awful. There's like one goat that runs around Western Town, and it's got like that is the petting zoo. 
Sorry, continue, Kevin. Uh, no, it's, that was pretty much it. Like, it's just it has like this whole Western Bible on one side, and then on the the peanut side is uh, Camp Camp Snoopy or whatever, and then uh, and then like it has like a fifties theme type of thing like towards the back end, and like the 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 best ride there is it's called like Accelerator, and then um. And like that, it's like it's it's a it's a really cool ride. It's just like it, it uh, it's just like one long line of just like the the the, the coaster, and it like has like a countdown, like bing bing bing, and then you like just fly off in the in, in into like a loop. It's pretty cool. It's if pretty if cool. you if you actually because uh, you live in California, um, mm-hmm. if you want an actual good theme park that's not it's it's not like quite underrated because everyone in Utah knows about it, but mm-hmm. it's like a fun place to be. Uh, go to Lagoon in Utah. You won't wait more than, like, I, I'm not going to say any of the rides are as good as Disneyland, because Disneyland is an experience. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, takes at most 20 minutes for any ride, except for the Cannibal. I think that's what it's called. Um, mm-hmm. It takes, like, 20 minutes for any ride that isn't the Cannibal. And it's just, it's fun. Like, if you want to go to a theme park and you actually want to enjoy the rides, go to Lagoon in Utah. And if you go like right before the fall, like in October or September when Utah's still warm, mm-hmm. uh, you can actually ride like the, uh, the, the, the water rides, like the, the rides that are like water sports rides. Um, and you could do that for like ever. Like they won't even let make you get off the ride because nobody's using them at that time. So you're just like, woo. That, uh, I like Six Flags because it's a combo amusement park and water park and i'm too fat for rides so i just it, it acts actually really fucked up the only six flags uh whenever i was little the only six flags I, that rides i could get on was the fucking texas six flags uh because that makes of, of total sense course. to me <laughs> uh but uh so every single time i went to six flags i'm like okay and then i put on trunks and i go to the lazy river and that's where i'm at all day i just Mike, I will buy you a Planet Fitness subscription for your birthday. I don't have time. <laughs> Please, uh, Mike. Hey, Moth, it opened up in uh, 1920. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm? Yeah. Jesus, you could probably still a, lit, oh, like, fuck, lick that's asbestos. That's 100 years old. Oh, shit, it is. <laughs> yeah, it just turned 100 this today. Like, tomorrow. It turned 100. <laughs> it's fucking so. wild. Man, I, I love how we actually had things that we were supposed to talk about, and we just went on amusement <laughs> parks for 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Hey, that that, that is... is true. Uh, before we get into that, uh, Moth, do, do you want to regale us about, about you diving into Hololive? All right, so I got a song that I really, really like, and it's called Fukireta. And it's because uh, it's I got a friend who really, really loves Hatsune Miku. And so, out of spite for her, I decided that I really liked Teto, which is the other, uh, it's a utiloid, not a vocaloid. And, uh, her whole thing is she's like, I'm just as good as Miku, but I don't cost you a hundred bucks every year. <laughs> and so, uh, I like Teto more. I like her design more. I like her as a character more. Like, I like Teto. Uh, so I always listen to, I listen to like Fukureta from time to time. And apparently the, 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 what are they called? The Hollow Live Idols did a huge version of that. And I was kind of listening to it and I wasn't thinking much of it. I'm like, do, 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 do. And I'm just enjoying myself while I'm working on my model painting. And all of a sudden I hear one of them sing really, really well, like way better than all the others. Cause they pretty much gave everybody like uh, two lines to sing. And I like, I stop it and I go back and I listen to it again. And this, I, it's, it's so weird. Like Mike on your, on your computer right now, 
Type in Hololive space and then Toa. T O W A. Yeah, like you can do this too, Kevin. It's a, it's a. Did you say it's a space between Hollow and Live? Uh, no, Hollow Live is one word, and then you put Toa after it. T O W A. Tokoyami Toa. Yeah. Now this 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 uh this is the thing. So when she does her idol stuff, where she's like, oh, you know, look at me, I'm talking, I'm playing video games, whatever she does, uh, she's got this really like high pitched, like you know, she's she's got that like streetwise look about her. Mm-hmm. But then she's the only one in the group who can sing. Like out of all of the Hollow Livers, I'd say she has the best singing voice. And I looked them all up afterwards. Like I did about a two-hour crusade, and uh, her her singing betrays like who this person is. Like this person should be using like a big-breasted uh, geisha ass vocal, like uh, idol. The fact that it's this weird like B cup uh, rapper lolly chick. Doesn't make any sense because this woman has the deepest voice I've ever heard a Japanese woman sing in. To be fair, most Hollow Live like uh, avatars are like uh, some variation of a lolly. Yeah, but like uh, there's a couple of them that have like the big mother energy, like the the, the like there's a sheep, there's a dragon, like they're they're supposed to kind of be like the Ara Ara Hollow Livers. This this person, like the person behind Toa, should absolutely be an Ara Ara uh, Hollow Liver. Like she should. And so it's so weird because like she did a, uh, that, that song, uh, that Lisa did that everybody like knows now, even though nobody knows who Lisa is, uh, Garange, I think. Yeah. Like her cover of that is better than the original version. And so I just, it's, it's not even that I'm like simping for it. It's just like, holy crap. Uh, one of these actually has good talent and isn't just like screaming wan wan while she plays Metal Slug. Not naming any names. Simp. Don't do this to me, Mike. Sim. My wife's already disappointed Sim. in me. Uh, I, I'm actually surprised that because when you said you were gotten to a hollow or got into a hollow live person, I actually assumed you were you were going to regale us with one of the most recent hollow live people, which the are shark? the English ones. Oh no! Screw that. The, the shark is an English one. You dumbass. Is she? Yes. See, I don't know anything. I just know I like this one because she can sing. Uh, the shark one is basically the America's answer to uh, Corona, as far as I can see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're really weird. I know that the British one that's themed after Sherlock Holmes, I, well, I think she's supposed to be British, but she does not have a British accent. Uh, she Let's... she uh, fucking uh, has really great taste in anime. Uh, shout out to whatever your name is. Yeah, I'm like looking for her right now. I'm talking like VTuber Sherlock. It's like, no, her last name is Holmes, I think. It's something Holmes. Uh, let's see here. Hololive Holmes. Let me see. I'm, I'm like looking it up on Bing. <laughs> Hololive Holmes. Google, hey. Google won't teach me how to kill myself. So I use Bing. <laughs> of course you use Bing. Of course I use Bing. I use Microsoft Edge. You want to fight me on it? Microsoft Edge. Uh, you know what? I can't mock you because that is what I used until they updated it recently and I lost all my bookmarks. How did you lose all your bookmarks? The secret is not to have bookmarks. I I need to have all I, I need to have all of my resources for uh, uh, producing this wonderful podcast that you're listening to at my fingertips at all times. That's that's fair. Uh, you know, I by the way, before because we've been doing this, this episode's gone on for almost an hour now, and if we don't talk about this, the thing you made me do yesterday that I'm actually mad at you about, I'm gonna lose my damn mind. All right, everybody. So today we watched. The Roroni Kenshin OVAs, Trust and Betrayal. And before we talk about it, K, 
Kev, do you want to give people a rundown for Roni Kenshin for people that, if they did watch this, maybe they aren't just aren't familiar with actual Roni Kenshin? Uh, sure, but actually I wanted to ask uh, Moth first, like, how familiar are you with Kenshin? Uh, I know my friend who ended up becoming a child groomer and likes the Night Elves in Warcraft 3 really loved Roni Kenshin, so I've always hated it. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, is, Kev is learning the disappointment that fuels my life. <laughs> All right. Well, um, he's completely winded now. He doesn't yeah. know where to go. <laughs> this is what it's like. This is why the early episodes are so rough. It's because like every single time, I'm like, I, oh, okay, I'm I'm taking what you're giving me, and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> no, it's it's it's. Here's the thing. Uh, Kenshin has not aged well. I I've actually watching this Disagree. show. Disagree. It, watching this show, no, 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 and I can tell you watching this, because this is what came out, like, 1998, 1999, this OVA came out. I mean, the, the, to be fair, the writer probably thinks it hasn't aged well. Hey! Wait, isn't it's... the writer the same guy who did Hunter x Hunter? No. Who did no. Hunter x Hunter? Togashi. Did he do Yu Yu Hakusho as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. I always get Kenshin and Yu Yu Hakusho mixed up. Oh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, that's... But, Here's the thing. If somebody was like, hey, Moth, can you give me the most Japanese anime of all time? Like, the, the pivotal Japanese anime that is, that is just 100% Japanese. If I liked them, I would tell them Gintama. If I hated them, I would say Kenshin. What? Okay. You're right on, like, one level, but, like, Kenshin, Kenshin is great because it's, like, really well thought out historical fiction. Yes, it <laughs> is. really it good. Is. But, right, you know what? Right. <laughs> we have better historical fiction now, like Golden Kamui, which comes out in two weeks. So, anyway, Kev, let's give the audience a rundown on Rurouni Kenshin before my mind boils. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Rurouni Kenshin, uh, it tells a story of, like, I guess, 11 years in... 11 or 12 years into the new era of Japan. The, uh, yeah, the Yellow Japan. Turban Rebellion. Uh, excuse me? The Yellow Turban Rebellion. Don't, don't, if, if you, if you hear him talking at this point, just assume me, it's, it's nonsense, it's white noise, just keep, just keep going. Yeah, Kevin, I'm, go ahead, I'll stop interrupting you, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, man. Um, no, it's just, uh, it was the end of the previous era, which lasted for, uh, 300 years the tokugawa shogunate and so the what that civil war era is known as um specifically the end of it that ended the 300 year regime is called the bakumatsu and so kenshin was actually one of the um yeah he actually fought in the bakumatsu or the, the civil war uh as an assassin as a as, so he uh became famously uh known as the hitokiri batosai or batosai the manslayer once he actually came out of the shadows and so what we watched here uh trust and betrayal is daring the bakumatsu during the end of the civil war it's telling the story of how he got his cross-shaped scar and how uh how he came out of the shadows and by the time that rioni kenshin the manga or the anime um uh, takes place this is like 12 years after the end of the war and we have this new era called the Meiji era under the um the new emperor who uh I think it was like 14 at the time and um and so I've been doing this video series uh reviewing every single every single uh chapter of the manga um 
kind of like showcasing the i guess what watsuki was kind of trying to set out to do at the time and uh kind of show this this era of japan that is heavily flawed despite it being proposed as the end of suffering with you know a 300 year regime trying to um one open up uh the country to like new ideas with like westernization and then uh also removing like old ideas like such as the removing the samurai class um and and so uh, Ruin Kenshin essentially is just kind of like the struggle of this new era trying to um i guess find its footing and like the people that are uh, mostly suffering in it as Kenshin is trying to protect everybody that yeah I- Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty like fair like uh, 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 ana- uh, analysis. Fuck summary of Kenshin because it's it's all about like Kenshin like even like he's described uh, as a patriot. Like mm-hmm. it's he he's very loyal to the current era, and it's like his like personal struggle trying to maintain the current era while also trying to deal with all the baggage of the previous era. And don't 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 forget, he just wanted a trad life with a trad wife. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, based, uh, based, based Kinshin. Uh, oh. so, so so this four part OVA series. Can can I can can, can I talk? Because the first episode I think is what offended me the most and poisoned me about the rest of it. Uh, yeah, it she... made me so angry. Um. I think the first episode of this, but okay. So anyway, this so four-part for- OVA is 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 just a really good uh, retelling. It has a different tone than Roaring Kenshin starts as, but it has a similar tone to some of the more serious. Because I am pretty knowledgeable of Kenshin, I've watched the anime up until like the Bandage guy. So like I've seen a lot of Kenshin. Right. Uh, really? That's when the- you stopped. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That, that's as far as I got. Wait, did you stop like as the bandit or as uh, you know he was I, coming into I, the story? Uh, yes, dude, that's the best part of the anime. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I missed my chance. Uh, what can I say? Like, Toonami stopped airing it. I think for a while. Uh, I hear you. Uh, but uh, yeah, the more serious parts of Kenshin have a similar tone to this uh, four-part OVA, but the four-part OVA is way more serious than than the most of Kenshin. Kenshin is very much a, a comedy. It's uh, it's very lighthearted. It even with its serious tones, it usually has like time to throw in some comic relief. And so, going from the anime and watching this, it's, it's like very jarring. So, Moth, please. Tell okay, me what so, weird autistic thing bothered you about the first episode of this. Okay, OVA. now I will be I will be a hundred percent fair. I watched this in English. Oh, now now I, that voice. I acted, tried to watch this in English. I did. And oh, was, so you know what I, I suffered. Through. I switched, and there was an exact moment where I was like, "Oh, I can't listen to this anymore." Maybe it's the exact same moment. So please. No, no, I'm, I'm watching this, and this is what I got from it. This was the greatest exchange I think I've ever seen between two characters. I have a feeling it's the exact moment I switched to the sub. Well, so Kenshin, so he's he's an orphan, and he gets picked up by another guy, uh, a swordmaster, and the swordmaster teaches Kenshin exclusively how to use a sword. That's all Kenshin learns from this guy is how to use a sword. Like, 
I'm a great swordsman. I'm gonna I learn mean, how to he, use. He also learns like the philosophy of of the the what's the style. He doesn't though. Like I never got that. He only what? learned how to use the sword, and he learned how to be a really good assassin. And so a bunch of people show up, and they put a bunch of grand ideas in his head. Like, hey, don't you want to make a difference? Don't you want to keep people from dying? And so he approaches his master, and he's like, hey, you've trained me how to use the sword. I'm gonna go use the sword to protect people. And his master goes, no, I didn't teach you how to use the sword so you could kill people and he's like and at this moment my my brain kind of just shattered and i was like you have spent this kid's entire life teaching him how to kill people and now you're telling him that killing people bad kev kev see see what i say whenever i say that he's actually like this he's actually like this like all he learned how to do was kill people and so his master's like, no, you shouldn't just kill people. I didn't teach you how to use the sword so you can okay. kill people. I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, if I was a carpenter <laughs> and my father told me to be a carpenter for years and then I go up to him one day and I'm like, hey, dad, I'm going to go be a carpenter. And my dad's like, I didn't teach you how to use a hammer just so you could make chairs the rest of your life. I would be very confused. <laughs> I, okay. I love here's that. The do- here's the deal, Moth. I wa- I I did not stop watching in 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 English until way later in the first episode. So I watched the exact same thing you did in English, and I understood. I <laughs> what he is ta- what what his master is saying is, hey, th- th- this is not like the swordsmanship style. It's not like something that like makes you a man above... It's literally you are not immune to propaganda. Like, people are going to try and use you. Uh, you you're the, the sides that exist are, are don't matter. And he's like, yeah, but I want to go pick sides now. And he's like, dog, what are you talking about? And he's like, I can't stop you, so do you, I guess. Like, yeah. that, that, that's, that's what that conversation was about. It wasn't about, like... Don't use your swordsmanship against people, because uh, obvious it's literally a sword style designed to fight multiple people at once. I uh, didn't get that at all. I just got that he spent his whole life using a sword, and then his master told him not to use his sword. Yeah, it was it was mostly it was mostly what what uh what Mike said. It was just like uh, don't use the don't use this this sword style that I taught you to be a pawn in somebody's ideology. Oh, and my favorite rationale, like, and maybe this was just the English dub, but he literally is like, thousands of people will die for you to save hundreds. And Kenshin's snapback is just, well, those a hundred people will live a peaceful life. (laughs) 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 Okay, but don't call me out for, don't call me out for like supporting Biden, okay? Don't call me out like that. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's just, it's, it was so bad. And then the plot is like, I was actually getting Last Samurai flashbacks the entire time I was watching it because, like, the entire plot is so painfully Japanese. It's not even funny. And I, I, I get it. It's, it's, I, I, I understand. <laughs> Mike, I get it. <laughs> this, but, like, this plot, the it story is the that single takes place most in the feudal era of Japan is super Japanese, bro. It was so Japanese to the point where the fourth part, the fourth act in a Japanese drama, somebody important dies. That's how Japanese it was. I mean, yeah. The the, the thing with Rurouni Kenshin and the Soviet is that this shit is, like, really old. Like, Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it predates most of the popular anime. Like, it, No, no, it was like 1999? Are, yeah. 
Like, yeah. Yeah, but, but no. this is actually a straight adaptation of uh, actually a whole section of the manga that was never animated. Um, so, so it's even older than that. Right, but it's it's what I'm saying is like if you look at uh, I'm trying to think of like good animes from like the 80s and 90s. If you look at uh, Jinro, the Murder Squadron, or you look at Akira, those have aged phenomenally. Like Akira's still good, Jinro's still mostly good, uh, Agent Aka still great, but then like this is just so painfully bad. Like I would rather honestly just watch Golden Kamui. I get a better sense of Japanese so, culture. So far, from the Kamui. only thing that you've described it being bad for is something you literally just didn't pay attention to. Right, but like the story is so boring and the characters are so one-dimensional that it hurts my soul uh, <laughs> what like okay 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 i'm just gonna tell the whole plot here so the anime starts with kenshin killing some chick's fiance and then a organization approaches her and goes hey don't you want to get revenge for your dead fiance we need you to honeypot this dude and so she agrees and so she honeypots kenshin and then their rebellion fails. Kenshin's rebellion fails. And they go, you know, we should probably go regroup. So, Kenshin, you're our best assassin. We've set up a nice little house for you. The house is a trap. But we've, you don't know that. We've set up this nice little house for you. You and your honeypot wife are going to go pretend to be husband and wife. And uh, we'll come get you when you need you. And so they spend like a year basically not letting him fight. Where he's just cutting logs and he's doing Kenshin stuff. And in that year, this woman has totally forgotten that she hates this guy who killed her fiancé. And is like, maybe I want to be Kenshin's wife. And then they agree that they're like, yay, we're happy together. And then her brother comes and is like, hey, remember that plot we didn't mention about it all until this point? Uh, and this is where you learn about the plot. Uh, yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna spring that trap now. And she's like, no, don't spring the trap. And he's like, no, we're gonna spring the trap. And she's like, no. And then we go to the next episode. In the next episode, this trap gets sprung. Uh, Kenshin has a bunch of assassins sent after him. And, uh, he kills them all. And then one of the last assassins at the end is like, well, if I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna take your wife with me. And stabs her in the face. See, Kev, I oftentimes describe that Moth, like, has the ability to grasp things, but he never holds them very well. Like, all the, he, all the puzzle pieces are there, and he's kind of got them put in the right places, but he's like, there's like five or six pieces that he doesn't know what to do with. Holy. I think, I think I gave Kevin a stroke. Yeah, no, like, it was. It was <laughs> Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin is collecting himself in the corner. I just don't know what to say. (laughs) You you understand. (laughs) He he was like, man, I I just don't believe Moth is really like this. It must be a character. And we're sitting here and we're experiencing it. (laughs) Like, okay, here's number one. Uh, Tomoe, the girl. Oh, speaking of which, uh, in the English dub... Nobody called her Tomoe. If not for the fact that I really, really like Chie from Persona 4, I wouldn't have even caught it. But her name is Tomoe. In the yeah. English dub, they call her Tomo. Oh. Uh, yeah. oh. So uh, so the moment I stopped watching... The, did Have you watched the dub of this, Kev? I, I mean, I watched it when the first time I watched it, but I haven't watched it since. Like The dub doesn't use the same actors as the anime? 
No, it uh, doesn't. Imagine that's that. the reason I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, because it's been a while since I watched the... Because I love the Kinchin dub. The Kinchin dub's, like, really good. Yeah, it is. Uh, when I was watching, I was like, I guess I just don't remember Kinchin as well as I do. And no. <laughs> But I was expect. I, I just I kept watching it, and then it got to the scene, the really good scene, where uh, she springs her trap on it. But you, you don't learn, learn that she's undercover until the last episode. Yeah, that's what uh, I said. Yeah, but, okay, when you were going over your, your little thing, you, you said it like it was something that was known in the beginning. Uh, but anyway, uh, whenever the trap is sprung, he kills a dude in front of her. Like, and she has that monologue that's like, um, God, what is the thing she says? She says, she says uh, that uh, he makes the, um, that he you makes make the, the rain, rain the uh, rain fall blood. like blood. Yeah. We, and then we, in, Je- in Japanese, uh, in English, she's like, the rain is bloody. <laughs> can, can we talk about the metaphor that I almost didn't notice because of how bad the English dub is? There's is a metaphor. No, there's a metaphor where she says that, like, you make the rain fall like blood. And then the, the lead owner of the inn who was keeping her and keeping her safe for the first two or three episodes, uh-huh. uh, she literally says, this flower, which Tomoe, you remind me of, is most beautiful in the rain. And, like, I, I literally didn't realize it until just now that those two sentences go together. Yeah. You make the rain <laughs> yeah. look like blood, and Tomoe is most beautiful in a rain of blood. Here's my wires crossing. Yeah, like, like the, the, I, I, the dub fucking sucks, dude. It's really Honestly, bad. Honestly, if not for the dub, I probably couldn't have even handled it. Like, I, when Tomoe starts speaking, her, like, it, it wasn't what she said. Whenever I, because it's the first time you hear her really talk. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what she said. It was her act, like the the way it was. It was so dry and monotone. I was like, oh okay, yeah. I need to figure out what this sounds like in Japanese. Oh cool, it sounds like she's an actual person delivering lines. I'm gonna stick with this now. Oh, Dude, that's that's the moment that you switched over. The yeah, dub that, is phenomenal, though. I don't care what anybody says. You, you, you this podcast is just it feel, broke like, your brain a couple minutes ago, man. <laughs> I, it did, but it's great. Like the dub is so bad because the lines are delivered so dead tone the entire yeah. time. Nobody has any emotions during the dub. Yeah. It's like I did not teach you to be a swordsman so you could kill. I'm gonna kill. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike, have you seen uh, Kenshin with the Sony dub? Uh, is that like a newer dub? No, um, it's like I, I guess the the property of the anime is um owned by Sony apparently, and uh, so they did their own dub, and oh, no. it is so much worse than anything out. There. I I mean I, it's bad, dude. It's it's really uh, really bad. I really want to look this up now because the the, the original Rurouni Kitchen dub is like genuinely one of the best dubs. It's really good, and so when you put on the Sony dub, it's just like everything that it's not. Um, do you have Hulu? Because it's on uh, Hulu. I do not, but I okay. I have access to uh, uh, less than legal lending links okay, uh, that can I can find, find it on. Yeah, um, but <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, Kenshin gets a really rough treatment when it comes to its English uh, localization. Uh, they did okay. I mean, they did good with the dub, but it's the um. It's it's everything else that uh that it's attached to in English is it's pretty rough. 
honestly, yeah. I, I, I don't like Kenshin. And I think I said why I don't like Kenshin, but when I went to Idaho, you know those, like when I was in Idaho, you know those, mmm, um, ah, you know, like all those pictures that were circulating the internet mid 2000s to early 2010s were like, White trash kids were obviously like posing with uh freaking pawn shop ninja weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. I am certain that ninety percent of those pictures were taken in Boise and Meridian, Idaho. Like the other ten percent were in Cuna. And so you got this this group of just white trash pawn shop ninja South Park kids, and they all loved Roni Kenshin. And so I will never, like, ever actually watch the real Roroni Kenshin because of that. <laughs> so what he's saying is, I refuse, like, I honestly thought, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, was like, you know what? Maybe Moth doesn't like Roroni Kenshin because the author is a pedophile. And you know what? That's a fair, that's a fair reason. And then he's just coming at me like, I don't like it because the people who liked it that I knew had nunchucks. And that's weird. <laughs> Like, nobody I know who likes Golden Kamui looks at bears like, mmm, that's a tight bear hole. That's because we're in a, we're in a different era. Like, like back then, those people had nunchucks because they thought they were cool ninja people. Like, like, <laughs> nowadays, whenever a kid gets into anime, they just get onto Twitter and post about how Uraka makes her, makes them feel weird in their pee pee area. Dude, I just, I feel like I'm walking on air whenever I see Uraka. <laughs> God, that is, you are you are an awful human being. You are the worst. I I curse you. The fact that you exist haunts my very being. I spit at you, sir. Please cease. I I was having fun that first hour. This is this was such a loaded gun, by the way, Mike, because I didn't like Roni Kenshin before this, and I forced myself to watch it out of like because here's the thing, Kevin, you, you didn't see yeah. this, but about six weeks ago, I was talking to Mike because I was having one of my panic attacks. I was like, Mike, you know, is there anything I can do to help your brain with the podcast? Like, I can tell that I bring you a lot of stress, and Mike, with tears in his eyes, are like, Moth, please, just watch the shows I ask you to watch. And he was like, he was begging me. And so I was like, okay, from now on, I'm going to watch everything you tell me to watch. And so we did that. We did that with Perfect Blue. We did that with One Piece. And now we've done it with this. And I I did it. I did it, Mike. I watched this because that's, I told you I would do this for you. And I hated it. And I hated every damn second of it. Now you're going to suffer with me. But that's uh, the weird, the thing about that though is this four part OVA series is actually fantastic. It is horrible. <laughs> like the, 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 the characters' motivations the make no sense. What do you mean they make no sense? Ah! <laughs> My family is like a distant memory to me. Uh, and I'm probably not even a memory to them. I mean, I can't defend the dub. Uh, I, I, like I said, I switched whenever, like, she started talking. She's, she's the worst part of the dub. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, here's the thing though. I don't think I could justify it. It's like if I tried to go back and watch, like, the original Harlock saga or the original, like, Galaxy Express. Galaxy Express, by the way, being my all time favorite animated movie, probably. Uh, I can't justify it anymore if I go back and watch it. I'm like, yeah, this is just nostalgia and nothing else. But that's the thing though, like, Th- this is you know that's kind of what I was 
that's kind of what I was afraid of when I put it on too. I was like, oh, I'm probably not gonna like it as much as I did when I uh, watched it the first time, and, and I finished it like feeling pretty good about it. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> so 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 for now, just for a bit, me and Kev, let let's just talk about how it's good and 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 when we're done moth can have like a little he can he can have a little his pipes can explode for a minute no no uh, i'm done i'm good i i said everything i needed to do so ken <laughs> is isn't this fucking this ova is so fucking gorgeous uh yes yes dude actually i wanted to I, I was, oh i'm sorry i was i was adjusting myself and i accidentally hit the mic I um fucking, dude. um I had to go through a whole fucking adventure just to get the the DVD that because I own it, but I had it at my grandma's house and it's a whole thing. But <laughs> um, but I put it on and I was like, and I was watching the opening scene, and it turns out that the actual Rioni Kenshin feature length movie, I guess the one, the one that uh, you asked me about originally, and I told you that that one wasn't very good, mm-hmm. came on, and I was like, oh no 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 no, um, but uh it. it I really, really love the way the blood looks in this uh, in this OVA. Yeah, and it's it's fantastic. It actually looks like it actually looks different from water. Yeah, yeah, and then like they even have water looking like what, is it real water? I had I was yeah, wondering. It, the 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 I I could see like it, it, where it could maybe be because in part episode three they had like the the weird parts that are just live action footage vaguely rotoscoped. Yeah, uh, which, yeah, which a, didn't I look bad, but looked really out of place. It did, but I didn't dislike it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think in that moment, it was more of an artistic choice than like a like a budget thing or anything. Uh, yeah, and that's fine. I actually think every episode of this OVA looks a uh, looks and like is directed differently, and I actually really like that about it. Mm-hmm. What do you think of uh, What do you think of this version of Kenshin? So, uh, for people that aren't, like, super familiar, uh, we, we talked about it. Kenshin in, like, the, the manga, when you see him, he's this goofy fucking loser (laughs) who occasionally does really badass stuff. Well, the whole, the whole bait and switch thing in, in the first chapter is that he's very goofy, that he's accused of being, uh, Batosai the Manslayer because he was walking around town with, uh, with a sword, and then... Uh, and then he's like stumbling, he falls, um, like in every, every panel, like he is the comic relief in that first, in that first chapter until some of the other characters start coming in. And, uh, and so, you know, at the, at the end of the chapter, it's revealed that he's actually, uh, Batosai the Manslayer. And, uh, and like, that's the general tone that Kenshin has all throughout the, all throughout the, the. The, the story like you said he's very goofy he's he's almost like <laughs> he's almost like a loser um so and you know until you find out who he is so it's kind of like trigun except bad actually i would say the the it's first like trigun but good no but i like trigun <laughs> and i <don't. laughs> oh man i i don't want to have this discussion because i love both <laughs> uh, i i haven't seen trigun <laughs> uh so you should actually you should after you're done with the the series you're doing on Ronin Kenshin, you should mm-hmm. go through Trigun because there are a lot of parallels. The first episode of Trigun mm-hmm. is almost exactly the first chapter of Ronin Kenshin. 
Oh, is it? They're very like it's it's literally a big dude is pretending to be the the bad guy with a bounty on their head. I mean, well, Rooney can the Batosa is not a bad guy with a bounty on his head, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And the whole thing is like no one no one can really believe that this guy is actually the real one. It's very similar. Uh, in, in very interesting ways. I wouldn't be surprised if Trigun took some notes from Rooney Kenshin. Mm. Uh, um, but, uh, the, 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 the differences though are really striking, um, because, uh, Kenshin in this OVA, he has not adopted any of, like, he doesn't, he's, he's very much cold and almost unfeeling because he kind of has to be for what he's doing. Like he's a cold, hard assassin. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I. But it's funny because in the the manga, um, when this whole section is uh is covered, it's like a whole little mini arc during that the final part of the manga that was never adapted into anime. Um, even then, like they were still finding like ways to make Kenshin a, a little bit like comedic. I mean, it wasn't. A, it's not as 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 it is like how the rest of he like the like throughout the narrative he is, but like they even then he like they still found ways to do it. So it was just like a whole tonal choice from the directors or the the producers of the, of this of this OVA. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. He he, he absolutely absolutely has to be this way. But it's it's um I don't necessarily like it though, just because it doesn't show us who he could mm-hmm. be or who he is after after the war ends you, you know how like there's like always mm-hmm. like there's the saying like like you can always just see a a side of a person even like yeah like in in this in this ova there's a whole section where you know he has the chance to drop his guard down when he's you know living his um his married his married life and and she sees a different side of him but we never actually get to see this this side of him where where he's goofy or where he's relaxed you know where he's himself we, we i guess we kind of see it a little bit with the whole uh Seijiro, uh section in the beginning mm-hmm. but even then you know yeah I, I i totally agree with you mm-hmm. uh this it it feels like i don't want to say a completely different character because he is very much still like the uh, like the core of what Kenshin is like his like I mean, we're basically seeing that be developed in this OVA, uh, but mm-hmm. you do miss a lot of his character without the more the, the more like endearing goofy moments. Yeah, um, I will say though, like that decision to take them out of this OVA, I think helps the OVA uh, because it a it feels like much more of its own thing. Um, okay, but also at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like the story the OVA tells, like I, you you've read the manga, so you know how it's handled in that. I have, mm-hmm. I I just recently started reading it, right? Um, I think that this style of story, this more serious look at the backstory of Kenshin, I don't know how I would feel about like uh, if they had like incorporated comedic bits into it. So no, while- I I was actually yeah I I, I agree I agree there. Um, just because this is during a civil war and they're like, you know, people are dying and he's been, he's been given a, a list of people to kill. So I could see it, you know, if they did like hammer up the, uh, the comedic bits to his personality, um, being, you know, jarring cause he's going around killing people. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I think a good place to have put that in, though, is because, like, I, I'm not going to say the Sylvia is perfect. I think it actually has quite a few flaws. Yeah. Um, I think it. what they should have done is whenever he's living alone with Tomei, like, mm-hmm. as he's Tomoe? opening... Tomoe, that's how it's pronounced. You said Tomie. As he's living alone with Tomoe, uh, like, as he's, like, opening up to her, and he, his personality does change with her. Like, uh, that's what makes the last episode, like, so good. I think you could have used that to show the more, like, light side of his character. Right. I Yeah, I feel like that's exactly where it should have been as well. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe having a little bit more interaction with, uh, with Anishi, the, uh, the younger brother. Cause, cause I mean, like all, all like, like, cause like this whole story, like the reason that it, it even exists in the, in the, in the, in the first place, it, uh, sorry. Um, the whole, the whole reason that it exists in the first place is because this is at, at the point in the manga, it's when his uh, and the, the 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 kid Anishi, he comes back for revenge. So uh, one of the, one of the things that I I love about uh, Kenshin is is that the story, rather than you know getting bigger and 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 more grandiose with each new arc, the way uh, Dragon Ball does, mm-hmm. is that uh, they have like their whole grandiose moment with the stuff in Kyoto with um with Shishio the uh, the the bandage guy, and then. And then instead of like saving Japan, he's going and saving himself from uh, himself and and his, this new life that he's cultivated from this uh, demon from his past coming back for revenge. Oh, that's sick! Yeah, God, I can't I can't wait to like get there. Like the the manga is like the manga is so so amazingly good. Like even from like the very early chapters. Yeah. So he's telling. Yeah. So he's telling the, this whole section right here it's it's him telling the story to uh his new you know his new comrades or his new friends that he's you know made in 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 this dojo that he's been at and uh i i i find that that that's pretty interesting context i uh i can actually i can imagine that like because because if he's trying to like exercise his own demons like you said in the, in the story arc of the manga mm-hmm. i can imagine like the necessity of telling a story like this like what what demons does he even have? Like I I don't know how much it's really touched on in the manga to that point, but right. like the origin of the Batosai is so integral to the Ruroni Kenshin. Like it's something that should be touched on. Yeah, it's, so it's one of those things where it's like it's really disappointing that that section never got animated because it's so so good. Um, but uh, yeah yeah. So even Tomoe and uh, herself, she's so so different from Kaoru. Uh, you, I mean, you've read a little bit of the, the manga. Oh yeah, yeah, no, seen. I'm super familiar with Kaoru. They, mm-hmm. despite the, doesn't Kinshin like at one point uh, admit that he's drawn to her because she reminds him of her? I might be wrong because it's been remember. a while since I watched the anime. But uh, yeah, the, they they are such different characters. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I it, think it's I think it's really interesting. I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I no I, no no go ahead. I think I don't know if they Kaoru and Kenshin ever become romantically involved. I don't remember that, mm-hmm. but uh, I find like there's a really interesting parallel between uh, like Tomoe and her first love and Kenshin, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Kenshin's first love being Tomoe and uh, 
because I remember there being like some romantic tension between them. I feel like there's a parallel that's being drawn there that isn't expressed in the OVA, obviously. The uh, parallel between Tomoe and, and Kaori. Yeah, yeah. And, uh-huh. yeah, the the like the because Tomoe was Kinshin's first love, right? And uh, I feel like Kaoru... and again reading into this haven't experienced Kinshin in a long time, but I remember mm-hmm. at least she being really into Kinshin. I feel like oh, there's. Yeah. I feel like yeah, there's dude. a romantic parallel between the characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenshin, Kenshin's very much doing the the you know the typical shonen thing where he doesn't, um, re- uh, he doesn't like openly uh, recognize it, but he has like very subtle ways of showing showing it to her. Like when he goes to Kyoto, uh, he's uh, he only says goodbye to her. Which, and... to be fair, I I'm okay with that. Uh, in mm-hmm. in the Kenshin specifically because uh, you know she's seventeen and he's thirty seven. He's twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty seven. I think. Okay, if it's only twenty seven, a little less weird, but yeah. a, still a little weird. Yeah, it's uh yeah they do end up uh together and then they they have a son, but like that's all like in the oh, uh, nice. epilogue. Yeah. Um, but uh uh. As far as um, Kaoru goes with the oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 it's my fault for interrupting you, dude. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. Um. Fuck. Uh. Yeah. Well. Well. Fucking. Um. I guess just. I mean, just to. I guess say on on Kenshin though. It's like. Uh, you know, him, since you mentioned that, uh, his age, it's, I, I, I find it, like, very strange that you don't like, uh, Kenshin Moth, um, or, you know, the, because it's, like, it's, it's a shonen story, but it's not told like most shonen stories are, like, he's not Naruto or fucking, uh, Deku or, you know, like, whoever you want to want, whoever you want to pick, like, he, he's already had his, um, he's already had his development by the time that the story starts and his his whole character arc is him dealing with this um dealing with his the demons of his past like even uh, even in the show itself everyone mm-hmm. treats Kenshin like he is the chosen one and he's like nah man I was just a, I was just a patriot just leave me alone I just want to I just want to grill I yeah he's like I just want to atone for the for the lives that I have I have um I have taken like He's never he's never leaned into it and and so right now actually in um you mentioned uh, uh the romantic uh feelings of of Kaoru um mm-hmm. uh right now where I'm at in in my in my uh video series um we are with the Meg- Megumi stuff mm-hmm. and you know she's like she just sees Kenshin as somebody with a sword that can you know she can use to uh, protect herself as she she's running from these uh from these ninjas and um and it's not until like Kaoru actually tells him like hey uh you should stay and watch this this fight because, uh, you know he's fighting on your behalf and that's when she like realizes oh he's he's really 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 good and like how you said that he, they they treat him like the chosen one like he's like some type of superman uh in in Kyoto there's a whole section where uh, where Megumi actually tells uh, Kaoru and kind of like to tell everybody as well, like, hey, no, he's he's not uh, he's not a Superman. He's very much human and he can very much die like all of us. So uh, don't rely on him so much. 
That's I I I look forward to getting there. Uh, yeah, because it yeah. sounds like the Kyoto arc is in in and of itself is like an an event. Yeah, it is, and I mean it's like all like it it all stems from here in in uh, trust and betrayal. Uh, I mean you kind of see that here too, though, with his personality being so different from the way we know him in the manga and the anime. It's like he's hardened because it's like a. Uh, uh, Sejiro said the the um the the master. Yeah, he's like he, that. He's he's so pure that he's going to be tainted because like all he wants to do is save people, but he doesn't realize that ideology is much more co- complicated than uh trying to protect the you know people from dying. It's 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 a it's a you know it's a gray area. Yeah, it's it's really like I enjoy uh. Like I, I enjoy that like aspect of Kenshin because that that's ultimately what Kenshin ends up being about. Mm-hmm. What happens when a pure person gets corrupted and then has to deal with that on their soul? And that's such a, that's such an interesting like way to tell a story. Like <laughs> Kenshin literally starts with all the epic shit being over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. You... I, it it just huh? doesn't seem that interesting. It really doesn't. You say that until you watch a man deflect a cannonball with a sword like it's nothing. That's... It's, it, here's the thing. I could see that in God of High School, but I haven't been invested in God of High School in six episodes. Like, meh. Yeah. The the, the thing also, though, about the anime is that the first the first section of the anime, which is just considered the Tokyo arc, um, it's so much more looser with, with its uh, storytelling. So... Like it, it, it like has filler in it as well, and it's so it's way more I could, episodic. Yeah, 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 definitely. So it's I could see somebody not liking Kenshin just based off of those first few, the, you know, that first whole section. But but, but, but to like, be clear, Moth's entire issue with Kenshin is that the weird kids liked Kenshin. It's not even yeah. that he couldn't get into it. No, but you know what the weird kids also liked? They also liked Gravitation and Soul Eater. And pretty much everything else that was hot garbage. If you know, okay, if you knew any kids watching Gravitation, that that's a Yaoi series. Like you, yeah. oh, wait, wait, never mind, never mind. That's right. You you grew up like idolizing Fujoshi's. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I, yeah, I had to remember that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, it's it, pretty much anything that came out on Toonami after a certain point didn't do anything for me. Outlaw mm-hmm. Star was the last good thing that came out on Toonami when I was a kid. Okay. Well, and, um, uh, and, and like I said, the cringe babies liked Kenshin. The cringe babies had liked a lot of things. I had to force myself to watch Naruto because the cringe babies liked it. And I'm mad at myself that I didn't watch Naruto. But after watching these four OVAs, I have zero desire to ever watch Kenshin. That's actually, I mean, that is kind of interesting because I was actually going to come into this and saying, hey, if you have, if you don't know anything about Kenshin and you want like, uh, like a, a taste of it, uh, don't this, watch these ovas. I I I didn't because everything because you guys this, have just... after this conversation. I agree with that now because I had completely forgotten how different this Kenshin is from the actual Kenshin of the the manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's it, it is a good taste. Like if if you read, if you get into the uh, manga and oh. you get reach a point where like man, I want to know more about his backstory, and you don't want to wait for that like those chapters. Maybe maybe watch this, but like the manga and anime are, are actually like a really way better like point of entry into what. Mike, Kenshin I've given is. up. 
I've given up. You're gonna have to cut a ton of audio here. Do you hear it? Do you hear the audio you now have to cut? <laughs> Is that a urine, uh, Mike? Yeah, that, that, no, that's my dogs. They just decided uh, that now is a good time to have a pissing match. <laughs> One sec, I'll be right back. Oh, gosh. This is why you're not allowed in the room. This is why we kick you out. Go. <laughs> I like a man. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not even gonna bother. Kick. Uh, we're, we're we're wrapping it up. I'm not even gonna bother cutting this out. Okay. Good. All right. Well, that's uh, that's been the We Hate Anime podcast. Hopefully, you don't watch Kenshin, and instead you decide to watch Golden Kamui, a much better anime. Uh, you can uh, find links to uh, to everything we've talked about. I mean, well, I guess not everything. We I'm not gonna link a fucking uh, a, a torrent to Kenshin in the in the the. the Doobly do, but you can find links to us, everyone on the podcast, our Discord server, and the email you can send questions to, uh, in uh, in the 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 link to the bottom. Uh, Kev, why don't why don't you do some plugaroonies? Plugaroonies. Um, um. Well, I don't really care if you guys follow me on my social medias, um. But if really, I would appreciate you guys checking out uh, the channel. It's um. It's Itsumo. It's like. You know the Japanese word Itsumo. Um, <laughs> Itsumo. Uh, I T S U M O. Uh, I have a video series called The Wandering Samurai Study, where we are uh, reviewing every single act of Rurouni Kenshin and just talking about the the series as we're going and how uh, how you know the chapters feed into one another going uh, through the narrative. But also, apart from that, I have a few of a few other. Uh, Kenshin videos on my channel that I did um, just randomly, and um, and I have a whole playlist for those as well. The my whole my whole thing when I wanted to start YouTube was that I wanted it to be a Ruoni Kenshin channel, and then the news of Watsuki broke, and that like deflated Oof. me completely. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, I'm just not even trying to think about the the work itself. In relation to the man, just as the art for what the art is, and hey, um, outside of Kenshin being a, like a good ten years older than than the the girl in the beginning, uh, what's Kaoru? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but outside of that, there's no if there I, if there is pedophilia in Kenshin, it's probably a bad guy. Uh, there isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, this is one of those things where separating the author from the art is pretty easy. It's it's really just a really good historical fiction story. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Uh, thank thank you everyone for joining the podcast today. It's a long one. We haven't had a long one for a while. This was a really fantastic episode. Yeah, I had fun. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we'll have you on again sometime, Kev. Yeah, cool. I don't mind as long as you're not making me watch Kenshin. No worries, man. I didn't even want to watch Kenshin. The fr- I didn't even want to talk about Kenshin when I uh, first came to to Mike about um about Mike. Going on. I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> well, I I wanted to do something that ties into his channel, and he's doing a Kenshin series. I'm it's gonna perfect. Beat you with a pipe wrench. <laughs> I, hey, I do appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Hey, it's no problem, man. You're always welcome on. Maybe next time you'll be doing a Trigun series, and we can watch Badlands Rumble, and that'll be really fun. Yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, but uh, thanks everybody for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful day, and uh, God bless. Oh,